Welcome to episode 21 of This One's For The Working Mama, bringing you the right type of distraction for your daily commute. Join in the movement of working moms who own their choice to work and strive to achieve a life with their soul on fire. Make a conscious effort to fill your daily drive with truth and wisdom that can abolish the working mom guilt for good and find community. I'm Katie Alexander, and this is your 8-Minute Devotion. Episode 21, The Pursuit of Wealth. Welcome back, friends. It's been a couple of weeks of pressing pause on my daily agenda to stop and enjoy the family and give thanks. The season of Christmas is upon us, and rather than enter into it with dread and overwhelm, I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing to slow down. I'm choosing less. And I'm choosing anticipation. In order to do that, I needed to shift my priorities and put off some things that could be done later. So I prepared the feast, hosted the family, put up the tree, did some shopping and wrapping, and have been preparing my heart for the season. Today we're going to jump back into where we left off in Proverbs with chapter 1. I cannot believe that we are this far in and only 10 chapters from wrapping this series on the podcast. I hope that the Word of God, even in these highlights and snippets, have brought rest, peace, or comfort to your weary soul. The working mama gig is not easy, and sometimes rest is the hardest thing to find. It doesn't always need to come by way of a nap. It can be found in the stillness of your car as you allow words of hope and promises of freedom to penetrate your heart. My prayer is that the words shared today have just that effect. So let's dive into discussing wealth. If you're a working mom, you go to your job for a sole purpose of the financial return on the investment of your time. Even if your job is allowing you to use every spiritual gift and passion you have, there is still an expectation to be compensated for your time and talent. They call it work for a reason. But in this hamster wheel of chasing the American dream, I think the greatest challenge and disaster we face is the intersection of where wealth and net worth start to define your self-worth. A friend shared this great article with me from BeMoreWithLess.com titled, Why You Can't Measure Self-Worth by Net Worth. In it, the author says, We can clearly see what is in our bank account or not, the material possessions that surround us, and the labels we wear. There is hard and fast equation for our net worth, but that is not what makes us worthy. She goes on to cite a study that evaluated two groups of people on a scale of how worthy they felt. The only thing that separated the group of those with high self-worth, those that felt worthy of love and connection and enough, from those that felt unworthy, which is unloved and not good enough, was this one simple thing. They believed they were. The author concludes that the difference between self-worth and net worth is love. The author is only partially right. You need to believe that you are worthy and you need love. But the only way to get this lasting confirmation of your value and the sustaining love is by considering the source. Your net worth is not your value. The opinion of others, your boss, coworkers, friends, loved ones, is not your worth. A flawed human scale made up of broken people is not your barometer. And I don't believe the key is in self-love either. There is one love that can build a foundation of hope, security, and worth in your life, and that is the love of God, made perfect and relational through his son, Jesus. If you find yourself a proclaimed Christian, but still feeling your worth lies in your wealth or success, don't consider yourself alone. It's a daily struggle up in here not to cave to the same. For many years of my life and my career, my paycheck has met the mark. It was the dollar figure I sought, the accumulation of everything I knew of my professional value, and in many ways, 
It defined my worth, at least during the hours of 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Then I set out on this book journey. I followed a calling, a passion, and something I truly feel with every fiber of my being is God's purpose for putting me on this earth. I worked diligently and persevered through trials with no monetary gain, and only a hope of feeling fulfilled from advancing the kingdom of God one reader at a time. But for a recovering, success-driven perfectionaholic, I'm constantly looking for the measurement. What indicates the success? Well, it certainly isn't wealth. Just yesterday, I ripped open my first royalty check for sales with great anticipation and was quickly reminded that this particular calling in my life is not one that is going to pave a way towards wealth. I get just a small fraction of my sales, and at first I was discouraged. Then I read the Proverbs reading for today, and it reminded me that the life I want to lead is not one of growing a bank account or leaving a legacy. Those things are fleeting. This life, it's for only Jesus. So let's jump around in Proverbs 21 today. Starting in verse 6. Wealth created by a lying tongue is a vanishing mist and a deadly trap. Verse 17. Those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never be rich. Verse 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. Verse 26. Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. Now, I want to be clear about this message because there is nothing wrong with having wealth. In fact, according to verse 21, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So if God has blessed you with much, there is no shame in that game. Following my calling into writing my book was not meant to be an income replacement or a march off into poverty for ministry's sake. It is a passion I pursued on the side and something that allows me to use my unique spiritual gifts to serve God and others. When I remembered that fact, I marched my $177 royalty check all the way to the bank with great joy. Because the number on the check, the amount in my savings, the earning potential and performance of our investment portfolio has no bearing on my self-worth. The value I need to place on who I am and the belief that I am enough is rooted in my maker. To discount that I am worthy to be loved is to say that God is not enough. It may not always feel like enough because our human feelings are so deceiving. But that is why I wanted to devote eight minutes today to reminding you, Mama, that you are cherished, you are loved, and you are enough. Thanks for following along on episode 21. As you finish your shopping, wrap your presents, and watch your bank account balance dip to new lows with the holiday hustle, I encourage you today and every day to remember that your value is not a number. It's a choice. You are chosen by God to be here, to be present, and to be loved by Him. To be included in all the upcoming episodes, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you want, or give it a quick rating, which helps it be available to more mamas just like you. Stick with me as we continue with these 31 days in the Proverbs. You will not be disappointed.